Sullivan testing the Portuguese. You know, I like to be fit and healthy, so the best way I know is to just get out there and run. Running was an outlet for me to, I guess, feel good about myself and, and take out some of the angers that were going on in my life. Sonny O'Sullivan is going to take the world title back to Ireland. You're listening to the Irishman running abroad with me, Jarrett Regan, over here, and Sonia O'Sullivan over there. Well, Sonia, where is over there? That's that's my over question there. today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I'm still not far from where I was, um, but I'm. I yesterday I was in bright, warm sunshine in Phoenix, and um, in the afternoon I had to return a car to Flagstaff, which is only two hours away. Yeah, and. Um, it was so hot in Phoenix. I came in my shorts and t-shirts. Oh no! And <laughs> <laughs> Rookie error. Yeah. Oh yes, but I, I did have packed a couple of things. But when I got to Flagstaff, um, I had to call into the supermarket quickly to get something for dinner. And you know, there's no time to change clothes, so I just threw on a top and went in there in my shorts. And you could sense that everybody was looking at you like, "What's going on here?" <laughs> um, anyway, and it was a bit chilly. But it was only free. It was zero, you know. But right. you know, you're you're driving up, like you drive about an hour or so, and it's fine. There's like nice mountains and nice sunset happening and everything. And then I probably didn't see the full effect of it because it was dark, nearly dark by the time I got here. And um, there's just like snow piled up on the side of the roads everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> you wonder how do people live like this? It's been like this for weeks. Really? Yeah. Like we had. Um, four girls up here training and um, so they were in this house where I have to return the car to and um, yeah you turn off as soon as you turn off the main roads then it depends on I suppose where where you're living how the condition of the streets are and here it wasn't too bad but it's definitely not clear and then the driveway because nobody's been here for two weeks it's freaking a, ma- a speed bump of ice right outside. So I attempted to drive in last night and I wasn't very successful. So, uh, <laughs> and when you say not very successful, was this uh, a you've been framed drive up the driveway and then slide back down the driveway or just uh, well, not able to clear the bump? <laughs> no, I got as far as there's a garage, you see. So if you can get into the garage, then you're happy days. Um, but there's like this speed bump of ice right outside the 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 garage and maybe because of the time of day and it appears that maybe they spread ice on the small road out here early in the morning because I was I've been out there already this morning and, and mind you last night when I was trying to walk in and out I mean it was like a death trap in my zoom flies you know <laughs> yeah. have zero grip <laughs> zero grip zoom flies yeah so what did you do you leave that you obviously just abandoned the car in a hedge and go into the house and sleep. <laughs> That's exactly it, yeah. <laughs> uh, and then I had to go Googling, you know, how do you get rid of ice outside of your driveway? And there's loads of tricks and trades. I, I am looking out the window here to springtime in Ireland, and it does affect your running. Like I, I said to you before we picked up the call, that if you're running on snow, if you're listening to this where there's ice around the place, when we're talking about form, you must be thinking... God, I wish I could worry about that when your number one concern in those conditions is just staying upright. I kind of feel like this discussion of form is suited to the spring when you have a chance to get some clear roads and you're out there and you're not so concerned about just staying warm. Yeah, well, I think, you know, even if it's not ice, it's like soft surfaces get extra soft in um, in the wintertime. So you're slipping and sliding all over the place and 
you know, it's not as treacherous, I suppose, in the mud as it is on the ice. But still, it's kind of throwing you and you're not running properly. You're kind of a bit cautious as well and running kind of hesitantly. Hmm. And um, I mean, I feel like I'm, I've brought my stuff up here like I'm going to go for a run this morning. And I might still, I don't know. I've got to find somewhere. You know, I don't know if the trails will be cleared of snow or it's weird. You just don't know um, what it's like out there because in America, like you're in your little house here and there are all these townhouses and you only see what's outside your window. You don't see beyond that. It's mm. very hard to get an idea of what it might be like outside. So, um, yeah, I may drive up to there's a trail at the top of the street and have a look and see. And if not, then I think the only option in weather like this is you just have to run in the road. Yeah. Just run down the middle of the road, you know, hope there's no car <laughs> going to come and hit you. <laughs> it is 77 days till the London City Marathon. That's my target. And later on, I'll talk to my coach and Sonia's coach, Vinnie Mulvey, about the plan from here. He'll also delve a little bit deeper into this subject of form. I don't think anybody's 100% happy with their running form, apart from Sophie O'Sullivan, that is. Washington took down Oregon's six-year-old all-time collegiate best women's distance medley relay record on Friday night at the Bruce Lahan Scarlet and White Invitational. The Huskies won the race by more than 13 seconds, Sonia. Did you watch it live? And how, how proud were you of Sophie, Marlena, Carly and Anna? Yeah, I watched it. Well, I watched it live on the screen. Um, we we had it on um, some live stream that was on, and um, there was a few of us in the house around watching us. Um, a few of the athletes, and you let a few roars. Yes, well, we were. I was. I suppose I get kind of quietly nervous, you know. <laughs> <laughs> like I, they all, they're always saying, "Are you nervous? Are you nervous?" And I'm like, "No, no, I'm fine." <laughs> but I think I'm nervous in a way that I just want. When I'm watching Sophie run, I just want her to run well. Yeah, do her best. Happy. Yeah. Do the best she can. I mean, it it doesn't matter what that is, as long as she's happy with it. You know, I've seen her when she's tired and she can't, she doesn't doesn't run properly. And then you kind of think, I know, she wasn't quite right there. Mm -hmm. So it's great to see, you know, when things do go well and, and she runs really well. And, you know, just every time that you get an effort like that or a performance like that, then... It just gives you that little bit more confidence, a little bit more belief that what you're doing in training and in your life to get you there is working. And the thing is, you can't stop there. You have to keep going and you have to keep working hard. So it was it was great to see us. And I'm sure she was you know, relieved to be on the first leg. Uh, 1200 meters and and set them off to you know a good start. They weren't actually chasing the collegiate record. They just wanted to run one of the faster qualifying times for the nationals because it's very competitive to qualify for the indoors now. The NCA indoors are coming up in about a month's time and it's all based on times. So the top, I think for the relay, it's either 10 or 12 fastest times for the individual events. It's the top 16. And you may also have seen on the weekend that Rashida. Ah, Yes, I was about to mention this, a huge moment for her. Another stunning performance. So now she's over 400 meters. She broke the Irish record. One of the fastest ever indoor yeah. 400 meter times. 
um, and she looked amazing doing it. So it's great to see that. And, um, you know, so she will definitely be at the NCAAs running. I, I imagine she'll run the 400, but she's top of the list at the 200 and the 400. So she won't have any problem there. But for a lot of the athletes, they get their performance out early. Like Sophie, for example, in the ace and the mile, she was ranked, I don't know, fifth or sixth when she ran her 205 and 436. And now she's been like pushed all the way down to like 30 something. <laughs> you know, So like it's kind of stressful for them all watching this because you're sitting there and you can't do anything about it. And it's like when you see sometimes in the championship events um, when people are qualifying from heats to finals and so that there's the top three and the next two fastest. And after each heat, there's two people sitting in the hot seat and then they're waiting for the next heat to see if do they survive or do they get kicked out. But the coach told me, she's Marisha, she said, like the athletes, they can get a bit stressed over this because they're looking at it and they're thinking, I've got to run faster. And then you stand on the start line and you're more worried about time you're going to run than the actual effort that you're going to put in and the performance you're going to give. And, you know, in a situation like that, then you kind of have to go back to racing and, you know, trying to beat as many people as possible. And in, and even for like for a lot of people out there running in, you know, big races or like whether it's marathons or half marathons or 10Ks, like if you're regularly running races, then you'll see similar people around you, people that you recognize that you become familiar with, some that you may even know. And you get the sense that you can keep up with certain people. So then you can, that's your kind of benchmark hmm. and then so you should set off keeping up with them and then see okay am i better this week yeah. am i worse or am i the same well speaking of better this week uh, your own training we've been keeping an eye on it of course sign is in full preparation mode for the cove 10 which we of course have spoken about many times on the podcast we have pete howie on promoting it we'll have you pick a winner of the uh, cove 10 competition that we ran to win one of their beautiful half zip tops and free entry into the race um sonia how is your own preparation going for that so yeah i've had a few good runs i've been lucky enough that i suppose the training that we have going on here there's there's enough time for me to kind of slot in when I want to do a session or when I want to do a long run. Um, it was a bit, I had a bit of a tricky run on Saturday <laughs> because I had to do a eight kilometer threshold and I don't think you've done one this long yet. Not now. yet, no. And it's quite a long way. Um, but um, Jordan Hasse was running a half marathon in Phoenix. I think Pete had this great idea. Oh, we're training down here. Maybe you should come and run a race while we're here, which is grand except when the race starts at 6.30 in the morning. <laughs> and then, you know, the bus to the start is very early. So Jordan kind of said, uh, do you think, could you pick me up and take me to the start? <laughs> yeah, so we were up at 4.30 a.m. to do this job and to get down to the start and then to kind of follow along and cheer her on. Um, and, you know, when you get up that early, you're kind of out of sorts. It's a bit like being jet lagged and you don't know how you're feeling. So I brought Ollie along with me the dog so I could have someone to talk to <laughs> while we were driving between different spots along the way because if you drive to the start of a half marathon when it's a point to point you know it, it takes a bit of time <laughs> you spend quite a bit of time driving back and then you can call in and see you know the athletes running past at, I think we saw them at about three miles and eight miles and then they had a dash to the finish but I was just dropping off Pete and David and I was just taking my time then strolling up to <laughs> cheer them on with Ollie. 
<laughs> combining it. But then when we got back to the house, I was like, oh, oh I got to get out and do this run. And it wasn't just a run, but it was a session as well. So, um, actually, Sophie was running a mile again the next day, but she, she ran okay, but she was a bit, I'd say, emotionally and physically and everything else drained from the night before. So, um, she didn't improve her ranking <laughs> in the standing. That's very tough. Um, but they went actually to watch, there was a really good track meet on in Boston on the weekend, an international gold label at the New Balance, brand new indoor track. There was quite a few Irish running there as well, Andrew Korsgren was in the yeah, mile. I saw that, third. yeah. Um, and your personal best, 352. Brian Fay and Darren McElhenney were racing as well. So it was, it was great to have some Irish interest in the races out there. Um, so, yeah, Sophie got to go there with her teammates. And I think they had a nice day out in Boston. Uh, they were cheering on Brian Fay because he runs for Washington as well. So I lay down in bed and watched a bit of the Boston track meet. Yeah. And um, then... I decided, okay, it was time to go. <laughs> After I, I didn't have a sleep for an hour, but I had to lie down. And 11 o'clock, I headed out. Full sun. It was pretty warm. Um, but thankfully, it was a dry heat. And I just, you know, the way you send, go out for a run and you think, okay, I'm just going to take it nice and handy to get down here. Mm. And then we'll see how it goes. Yeah. And it, it's actually a really nice feeling when you're doing a threshold type run. When you're not pushing it from the start and you just kind of, Put, you kind of set yourself, in, you settle into a pace that you know that you're fully in control of. And so that's what I was doing. And I got to about 4K and it was getting a bit hard and then I had to turn around. And I was on a new trail, so I wasn't sure where I was going. Um, so I turned around and then on the way back, I decided that instead of focusing on the time, because I could feel that the pace was slipping a little bit, um, I thought, right, maybe I'll just go to heart rate. And I saw that my threshold heart rate was around 163. And I thought, right, okay, well, that sounds good. I'll try and keep it at 163 and see how I go. And I came, I think I came back, like, definitely the same, maybe a little bit quicker um, by forgetting about, you know, trying to hit a particular pace and just maintaining good running form and trying to, you know, a pace that I felt like I was definitely in control of. And I think that's the whole thing. With um, a lot of things in life is that if you're in control of it, then you can get on top of it so much easier. Yeah. And, um, you know, so I think that's a lesson to, to learn is that there's lots of different ways of measuring your effort. And you don't have to always be focused on the pace. And I think particularly if it's the, the conditions, if you're tired, the surface that you're running on, if they're not ideal or perfect, then heart rate is always a good way to kind of monitor the, the effort that you're putting in. Mm. Um, and, you know, it does get harder. All these threshold runs do get harder towards the end. Eight kilometers, five miles. I'm sure you'll be doing a few of these coming up soon. You know, getting as you get down through the weeks. Now you're in the kind of 12 week, which is a predict. This is 12 weeks is kind of the when you get you start to be a bit more specific. Mm. in your marathon training and you'll see that it's actually leading you somewhere um and they're the ones that they're probably as mentally challenging as physically challenging um that you really have to zone in on and you know focus on what you're doing and you know maintain the pace that you know you'll be happy at whatever form you have across your park run 
can look very different by the end of what you're describing here, eight kilometres at threshold pace. Our form changes across a run from the moment you start and you're looking pretty heading out the gate to when you're slobbering in on your 23rd K of your Sunday long run. How do you maintain it in your head, Sonia, when you say, I just focus on my form? What does that mean to you? You're trying not to go harder than you're capable of at that moment. So when you try to run faster than, and it's weird, your form can go out the window if you're trying to hit a time or to Mm. watch the pace. Whereas I think if you focus on your effort and your heart rate and heart, like threshold pace and long run running, it's all about the, the effort and the time that you're out there as much as it is about the actual pace that you're running. They're just numbers, you know, that give you something to think about while you're out running. Yeah. But the effort is the actual training effect that mm. you're doing. And that's what I think you have to try and get an understanding of that and a good feel for that. Okay. Of what's a hard effort and what's an easy effort. Like I know my then after doing a session on Saturday, when you come back, and it, you feel this when you do a hard park run as well on a Saturday, and then you come back for a long run on Sunday. The long run is actually quite a bit harder. It, it gets harder, I think, earlier in the run, and particularly when you know, you're supposed to pick up the pace at halfway for five minutes. And again, at the end, you start to think, I'm not sure I'm going to be able to do this today. <laughs> we've all had that thought yeah (laughs) so i think you have to kind of put it in perspective and understand that okay i've had a pretty big week here and i'm just out here getting this done because Mm. you know this is part of training this is you know it's it helps to move you on to the next level and sometimes you know it's not all it's not supposed to feel easy all the time and it's like when people go into races and they think they expect it to feel easier that they feel in control of it and they don't and then they kind of can't really push themselves through it because they haven't been there before but you have to realize that it's actually pretty hard and sometimes you have to guts it out and get through it well a couple of things that you recommended people do if they're trying to increase their knee lift is to incorporate hills in their weekly training do you still stand over that belief yes hills are great they're like a running form of weight training. So you can go in the gym and you can lift weights, but running up hills is the best strength work that you can do for your legs. Now, to enable your arms to help you on the hills, then I think it's important to go in the gym. And whether that's push-ups and dips and sit-ups or if it's some dumbbell weights, I think that really helps your form of your arms to keep them going straight, to be able to punch them through the air and to use your arms to help lift your legs up off the ground. The thing with running up hills is that you have to think about picking your feet up rather than pushing off the ground. Because when you're running up a hill, the hills aren't giving you anything. So you've got to put in the effort as well to to get up there as best that you can. Mm. And I think when you do hills first, they're quite hard and they can be something that a lot of people don't look forward to. When people run races, they don't want to run a hilly course. But sometimes a hilly course is much more interesting because... If you go up a hill, you've got to come back down the hill as well. So you get a little bit of relief. But it's like anything. The more you do it, the more you get used to it and the better you get at it. Oh, yeah. I mean, this this weekend, in fact, I headed out to the Phoenix Park for another one of uh, Vinny's camps with all of his runners there. 
really great group of people. And if you are going to try and incorporate hills into your running, I'd recommend doing it with a group. I mean, it is like many legs make light work. But there's something about heading up those hills at the Phoenix Park together, which somehow made it more doable. I can't imagine doing it by myself. But uh, we managed to get a little bit of uh, audio from before and after that session. So we're on the warm-up jog, Vinny's running camp, January, February, with the two boys here, Gareth and Alan. Alan. We're about to jog down here. Vinny has a dice in his hand, which is, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, Alan. What can I expect here? I think this is a challenging enough one, but a worthwhile worthwhile session definitely kind of a hill thing yeah hill session it's kind of repetition of hills at different distances each time so no it's a good one it's a good one okay definitely. well i'll talk to you on the other side gareth here was the man i mentioned the last time the hill man <laughs> this is your bread and butter is it <laughs> well i don't know no. this is a little bit different it's um it's sprinting Oh, really? Dep- depending on what's rolling the dice will determine what we're, we're going to do. Does, so. does Vinny give you a bit of a balkan if oh, you don't yeah, sprint proper? There's no holding back now. <laughs> you don't take it easy now, Janet. Okay. Talk to you on the other side, fellas. Well, the job's all done. The uh, hill session is over. Vinny, the dice now, I have to say, it involved an element of chance to this whole thing that was a bit of crack. Well, I've been doing this session for... 12 years now do you know and every time I take the dice out of this running camp they go oh shite you know but it, it's usually a good crack and um, it takes your mind off analysing distances and yeah I'm worrying and, about what's next yeah and oh is a three more two hundreds or yeah. if you know you just you actually it, it gets you right in the moment and it just promotes uh, I suppose a form of mindfulness and a bit of fun bit yeah of crack. and it is a bit of crack and I yeah. get everyone you throw the dice yourself, so you know you're you all, did it. and you can see there, you could see it there uh, every time someone threw the dice. Everyone's like, "Oh, you know what is it? What is it?" And, you know, so yeah, it's a bit of crack yeah, as well. It's less uh, less regiment and more 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 of a game. Yeah. Um, I uh, haven't done hills in a long time. Like it's it's been a, quite a while, probably because I had a bit of an Achilles thing. Is there is that a concern for people who are going? Oh yeah, I should do some hills. Like, if you have a bad Achilles or issues with your calves, is it a, a bad idea for you to do hills? Yeah, I mean, if you have an Achilles or a calf problem, yeah, hills. I mean, you're running on an exaggerated angle there when your foot lands, you know. So the joint, the angle at the joint is is Flex. decreased, yeah. I suppose, uh, you know. And... Um, yeah, the, the the dorsiflexion is exaggerated in the foot, so um, it can cause yeah issues. So I mean, if you have Achilles or calf problems and you want to do hills, I'd suggest find a grass hill if you can. You know, so it's less impact, you know, and a less steeper hill. I suppose some people think oh the the hill has to be your head has to be basically touching the ground nearly, you know. But you know you can get a lot of work done on gradual hills you just pick the pace up you know so yeah and th- these are on my mind now because as we say we're on the road to cove and it's hilly get over it is there is there catchphrase for this race and you asked me on the walk over here how hilly is it if you know you're heading into a hilly race should you definitely be making hills part of things or 
do you really even need to bother as long as your fitness is good? Well, if if a race like Cove is your end game and that's your main goal, then yeah, I think you should put hills in your in your training once, once a, a week. week. Yeah, once a week, and and also throw in some hills on your long run. I think that's important, you know. Um, but if you're if it's if you're training through Cove, which you will be, to be honest with you. Um, you know, and you you won't be easing down too much. You you just kind of yeah, just throw just. You don't need to do um, hill session as such. You could just throw in long hills on your long run or even on your tempos and stuff like that. You know, um, so you don't necessarily have to do a quote unquote hill session. Do you know, yeah. well, I bloody love this one. I'll, I'll be back. I'll be back for more. This was the end of down week, and uh, seemed like the perfect end to it. So ten easy tomorrow. And then back at it next week. Okay, thanks, Charlotte. I was thinking, when I go around the parishes, it always depends on the time of day that you have a look over and see, you know, what's been going on in the in the training group. You'll get people who are from, like, Canada and North America, or you get the Australians. <laughs> So I think whenever I'm looking, I'm always probably when Irish people are sleeping. <laughs> so I don't get many Irish. So I don't think I have anybody from Ireland today. No. Um, wow. Okay. No, I have Johnny Fitzgibbon, who ran the Kaiser Half Marathon in San Francisco. And it was through the Golden Gate Park. And that looks very impressive there. And he ran one hour and 46 minutes. Very nice. Good man, Johnny. Of course, Seamus McAteer puts together our, uh, our shout outs here. And Seamus himself had a huge weekend at the Athletics Ireland 123.ie National Indoor Masters Championship. He uh, claimed himself a second place in the, what is it, the, I want to get the category right that he was in. It was a Masters men category and uh, he was slinging the hammer. Is that what he's throwing there, Sonny? Did I send you the picture? Uh, A ball and chain? I was going to say he was throwing something for sure. Um, (laughs) So I think it's a weight for distance. So you can do weight for distance and weight for height. So it's it's not quite a a shot put or a discus or a hammer. But indoors, I think it's a weight... On a handle, like a, yeah, maybe that's it's what like, it looks like, like, like a kettlebell or something. Yeah, it does <laughs> look a bit like that. But Seamus is like easily the listener of the year each year, and does more for the Irishman Running Abroad Club than anybody else. If you want to get a shout out on uh, Instagram or sorry on Strava, he's the man to tag, and he sends us on everybody's run each week. So congratulations to you, Seamus. He sent along a bunch of people who really smashed it this week at the trim 10-mile road race. In fact, Michael Kinnahan did a little match report for us. Michael Kinnahan here with the On The Whistle match report from the trim 10-mile. Another great performance by the Irishman running abroad crew. First man home, Colin O'Brien, followed by the inimitable Carl Fleming. Big shout-out to the ladies, Kira Cullen and Anya Murphy. Great day had by all. Mine won't be up at Strav anytime soon. But um, I was somewhere in the middle there. But um, yeah, give a, give a shout out to everybody. Uh, Who was your next shout out, Sonia? There was a whole bunch of people at the John Tracy 10 miler as well. 10 milers are popular, but these are all the flat ones now, you know. They're all getting ready for the hills and trove. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but the thing is that the flat ones can actually, they're quite tough as well because you're just looking at a straight road in front of you. 
and you've got yeah. to hit that pace every mile. You'll get that feeling when you run the London Marathon. It's, it's pretty much flat after the after the initial downhill. Mm. Um, there was a bunch of people from Cove running down there. Shane Myler had a good run, 78 minutes. And Peter Howie, who we had on last yes. week, or, he ran very close to breaking the hour. He ran one hour and one minute down the John Tracy 10 mile. Good to see people out there getting the races in. Galway was is our next stop with Elaine McHugh. She ran the women's mini marathon there in a time of 46 minutes. Fair play to you, Elaine. She said she forgot to start the watch, Sonia. I mean, whatever about having an Apple watch, forgetting to start the watch, Elaine, that's uh, that's a tough one. But she still got her PB by 57 (laughs) seconds. I have this guy. um, I think he must be Mikey O'Shea. And he actually went for a run, I mean, probably lives here, in Peru. Oh. Uh, Yeah, I've never been to South America. And um, it looks nice run. It was along the coast, the South Pacific Ocean, a place called Mira Flores, which just looked to be just outside of um, Lima, the capital of Peru. And you're on 14.5 kilometers along the coast there. So, Well, look, we need you to pick a winner here from people that were uh, asked to name the, the, the destination, the time and the year that you broke the world 10 mile road race record can you tell people what the answer is to start with and then we'll have you pick a winner yeah so the year was 2002 and it was in the great south run in portsmouth and i ran 5100 oh flat 51 flat there we go so do you want to pick a number between one and ten thanks to everybody who got in touch you have a few did you have a few correct answers an awful lot literally no incorrect answers now uh, everybody, oh, wow. no, and no one Googled it, Sonia. Everyone just knew it off the top of their head. Uh, so uh, 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 maybe pick two numbers. We'll, we'll, we'll twist Pete Howie's arm and we'll get two entries out of him. The two of them. Okay. Let's go for uh, number three and mm-hmm. number eight. Number three is Ken Laffin. Fair play to you, Ken Laffin. We have the person here. Hold on. Ingrid. That's, that's all she goes by. She's like uh, Beyonce. Uh, Ingrid. Just Ingrid. No, Ingrid Brangan is the winner. Where's, where's she from? She, she doesn't say where she's from. She's a mysterious lady. Ingrid Brangan is going to Cove and she will get a half zip top for herself. So that's nice. A guy and a girl. A winner where's of our Ken competition from? this week. Ken, again, no details. I mean, guys, if you're going to send in. Oh, we'll have to look them up. Maybe they'll be on the strap or we can get a few uh, details and we'll uh, investigate. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Congratulations to Ken and Ingrid. So that's it for part one of our form episode of the Irishman running abroad with Sonia O'Sullivan. In the second half of the show, we get a deep dive discussion with coach and physical therapist Vinnie Mulvey about the inner workings of form, the fine details, the drills, the strides, the things you need to keep in your head to improve your form. Vinny has some great insights on what it takes to actually devote time to changing your form and what you need to bear in mind when attempting to improve knee lift, uh, cadence, flexibility around this area. You can hear it very easily just by going over to patreon.com forward slash irishmanabroad Sign up for the price of a pint and you'll get access to the full Irishman Abroad archive and, of course, double-sized episodes of this podcast every single week. I think anybody can be a runner. It just depends on what level of runner you want to be. It's a new world record for 
Sonia O'Sullivan. Brilliant run by the Irish girl. O'Sullivan has closed the gap quietly, efficiently, but most of all, economically, and that is important. Running is one of those that you can actually get started without too much. It's probably one of the simplest sports you can do. You really don't need a whole lot. People think that they need more than they need. Well, that's an impressive piece of running so far by Sonia O'Sullivan. Yes, I am still running, but I'm running because I enjoy it. Sonia O'Sullivan is moving out nicely. Is this to be Ireland's first ever female world champion? Sonia O'Sullivan is on her way to another magnificent victory. Running is a kind of a, an adjective for that you can use to describe a lot of different things. And Sonia O'Sullivan is going to take the world title back to Ireland and our home city of Cove.